Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 26, through chapter 16, verse 16. If you wonder how such a strange set of passages came to be, talk to Pastor Jack Longley, who gave them to me. Thank you, Jack. In this passage, Jesus is speaking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit, and we get to listen in together. Listen. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, an hour is coming when those who kill you will think that by doing so they are offering worship to God. And they will do this because they have not known the Father or me. But I have said these things to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember what I told you about them. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the, prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and justice. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. A little while, and you will, see me, and you will no longer see me, and again a little while, and you will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning once again. It's great to be with you here today uh, in worship. And hi to those who are worshiping online with us or listening to this sermon podcast later in the week. This last uh, Sunday, we began a new sermon series called The Road to Pentecost. And we're focusing on this promise that Jesus gives that God will never leave us alone or without the resources we need to live our lives of faith. God sends us a helper a counselor, a comforter, a true and trusted friend, a guide along the way. And this is the Holy Spirit. And in this passage that we just read from John's gospel, Jesus is preparing his disciples for a time when he will no longer physically be with them. He's kind of foreshadowing that for those who follow him, there will be trouble in this life. And just like last week, there's a lot going on in this passage, isn't there? Anyone a little bit confused by what we just heard? Anyone want to give the sermon today? Just No. Um, well, just like last week, I want to narrow it down for us and just focus this morning on one or two key verses as part of this passage. Jesus says, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. So the first thing that we see is that the Holy Spirit is the one who testifies to who Jesus is. And then it says, then Jesus says, you also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. 
So we're seeing in this passage that Jesus um, says the work of the Spirit is to testify, to tell about God's power or purpose, but also that we who follow Jesus, we also are called to share Christ, to show God's love to others. So God is at work in the Spirit, God is at work through the Spirit, and we have a part to play. Now, if you are the kind of person who likes to doze off during sermons or zone out or think about other things, this is your chance. Because I already gave you the main point. God is at work through the Spirit, and we have a part to play. Flash fry that into your brain, and you've got it. God is at work. We have a part to play. Okay. Let, let me tell you this core idea this morning. It's that God is always present and at work in God's own way, in God's own timing, for God's own purposes, which means that we don't have to do God's job. The position has already been filled. Is that good news? I think so. Thank you. Remember the way that the word pneuma, or spirit, as, it's, uh, as we hear it here, has those three meanings. It's the spirit, it's also breath, it's also wind. And it's so descriptive of how God's work through the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, is like a wind that blows wherever it will. It is unbound. It cannot be contained or controlled by humankind. So God is always at work in ways that are not up to us. What a relief. Amen. God is always at work in ways that's not up to us. So we don't have to like gin up the Spirit and make sure we get it going. God's at work in God's own time for God's own purpose. The Spirit testifies, the Spirit clarifies, it leads the way. But then we who have received the promise of God, we who live in, as followers of Christ, the Spirit also comes to us and will be at work in us and will lead us in how we live in God's name. So what we are meant to do as Christian believers is to grow up together into people who will show and share the love and grace of God in the unique ways we've been gifted and called to do it. Part of the Spirit's uh, power is to help us as we grow. St. Paul writes this in his first letter to the Corinthians. He says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for, for the common good. So each of us is given gifts of the Spirit that creatively and faithfully forms us, each of us, uniquely as the people we are called and meant to be. So that we're then sent out into the world, not to be God and not to be anybody else, but to be the people God uniquely creates us and calls us to be. I saw a posting online this week from somebody here in our church um, who posted this photo at the airport. He was standing behind somebody and um, saw somebody wearing a sweatshirt right in front of him. You might have seen this. I'll show it to you. This is what it says. Dear person in front of me, the world is better, is a better place with you in it. Love the person in front of you. Yeah, isn't that nice? What a sweet message to hear at the airport. But it made me think about what a unique individual this person must be to wear that sweatshirt to the airport. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't wear that sweatshirt. I don't know about you. Uh, it's their, maybe it's their unique contribution to the world, you know, a ministry through sweatshirt messages, something like that. <laughs> but I wonder how the Spirit will be uniquely forming you, guiding you, sending you out into the world this week. How do you want to show up as God's person in the world when you're at work? How do you want to show up as God's uniquely formed person in your relationships, at school, in your community, with your neighbors, here at church, around home, online, when you're in some kind of community or sports activity? 
Eugene Peterson, the Presbyterian pastor and author, he once said this, prayer is an offering of ourselves just as we are. Prayer is an offering of ourselves just as we are. And in prayer, we bring an offering to God, being ourselves just as we are in God's presence. I wonder if it is a work of the Holy Spirit any time that we are courageous enough, you and I, to step out into our world and to show up as the unique, beloved people that God has made us to be. So I wonder what that would look like for you this week. I was in Birmingham, Alabama a couple of months ago, and I was at a meeting at this historic Presbyterian church there. It's called the Independent Presbyterian Church of Birmingham, Alabama. Historic congregation, and it's a really beautiful space. They have this amazing sanctuary. Their outdoor, their campus is, is really nice. And, and so they have this, this history that I learned while I was there. In the 1920s, um, they got into a bit of a disagreement with their, um, their denomination, the southern branch of the Presbyterian Church, because this congregation's unique God-given calling had to do with social justice and interfaith work with their Jewish neighbors and focusing on racial reconciliation. This was in 1920s. Birmingham, Alabama, a very unique congregation. And so the congregation there, they, they split from their previous building. They left their old building behind. They kind of moved around for a little while. They started off in a synagogue, worshiping at, with their Jewish neighbors, actually, on Sundays. Uh, who, the Jews were on Saturday, and they were on Sundays. And then eventually they built this current building, and it's this beautiful place. And I was struck by the way that this congregation embraced who they were, and they didn't try to be anybody else. They followed where the Spirit led them. It's a constant danger and temptation to try and be somebody or something other than who you really are, other than who God really meant for you to be. According to Jesus, the Spirit of truth will come and testify to who Christ is. And then we who follow Jesus, who are filled with the Spirit, we also testify or witness, show or share or embody who Jesus is, but we do it, choir, we do it in our own unique ways. There's no stamp that's the same for every single person. You can't be somebody else, and you can't live somebody else's calling. I wonder if you remember the story in the Old Testament of the Bible about King David and how he was going to go and fight Goliath. My son, Theo, he loves this story. And how um, King Saul welcomed David in and said, oh, you're going to fight Goliath? Well, here, you can wear my armor while you go out to face him. And he put the armor onto David. And the armor, King Saul's armor, was way too big. It didn't fit. And so David said, that's just not me. I can't wear your armor, King. I've got to be who I am. So he went down by the stream, and he found five smooth stones that he was going to use with his slingshot. And as he went, David prayed and asked God to be with him as he went to face this giant. The story testifies to who the God of Israel is, that he's on the side, God's on the side of this underdog, this uh, little guy. But David had to follow and do it and live it in the way that fit for him. He couldn't be Saul. He couldn't wear someone else's armor. It's the same way for us. You know, they say, there's that saying, um, comparison is the thief of joy. Have you heard that before? Comparison is the thief of joy. Someone else said comparison is the death of joy. Mm. We have to be careful as we hear this teaching from Jesus today about the way that the Spirit will come to us and how our lives uh, will testify to who God is. Here's the point. 
You can't try to be anybody other than who God made you to be. That's who you got to be. It won't work if you compare yourself or compare your spiritual gifts or compare your particular calling to somebody else's. That's for them. But God has made something for you. Can you imagine what it would be like if Independent Presbyterian Church of Birmingham, Alabama tried to be PCLG or if we tried to be them? Or if David tried to be King Saul? Or if one of you tried to be that guy wearing the sweatshirt at the airport? It just wouldn't work unless that was your true calling. I've enjoyed recently talking with some of you here in the congregation who have been visiting um, Jerusalem and um, Israel, Palestine, the Holy Lands. I, how many of you have been to Israel, Palestine before? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Look at this. Look at this group. All in the last month. No, but re- I, I've talked to some of you recently. And so some of you will have heard of this before, um, something that's called Jerusalem Syndrome. Have you heard of Jerusalem Syndrome? This is something that affects tourists and pilgrims who visit the Holy Land, especially Jerusalem, and they will go to these holy and historic sites. And there are about 50 cases of this each year where people over-identify with a biblical character. They will sort of come to believe, I am that character. I'm John the Baptist. I'm Jesus. I'm the Virgin Mary. And they'll put on the clothing. This is one example. They'll put on the clothing and walk around and act as if they're that other person. It's become such a problem that there are treatment centers in Jerusalem for Jerusalem syndrome. You can see some of what's behind it. I mean, those Bible people, they seem to have such a sense of God's purpose in their lives, and we want some of that. We want to be like them. But the truth is that God's Spirit is at work in us in different ways. We're not meant to live somebody else's spiritual life, only our own. So for this week, I wonder, as you just reflect on this, where do you sense God's Spirit at work in you already? Where is God at work in you? Where is God at home in you? Where is God active in you? And then how are you uniquely called or led to show and share the love and grace of God with those you meet? May the Spirit of the living God fall afresh on you as you move out from this place and step into your week to be the person you are uniquely and wonderfully called to be. May it be so for you. Amen.